0: Our Old Testament reading is from Proverbs, chapters 25, verses 2 through 10. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the hearts of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not put forward yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to, put, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another's secret. Lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill will Repute have no end. This is the word of the Lord. The uh, epistle reading is from uh, Philippians chapter three, verses one through three. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the real circumcision. Who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Jesus Christ, and put no confidence in the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from Luke chapter fourteen, verses one through fourteen. The Holy Spirit, glory to you, O Lord. Our Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine in the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. He said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Amen. to you, Lord Christ. So,
1: if you're visiting with us this morning, we are working our way through uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. And we are, I guess, I don't know, I didn't count verses. Uh, but we're about halfway through, because we're going to start chapter 3 uh, today. And... Uh, Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 is the text. We read it this morning. Uh, It starts off uh, pretty simple, rejoice in the Lord, and then it gets confusing real fast. And so let's talk about uh, what it is that makes it confusing, at least to my mind. I'm confused by it when I read it. The phrase for we are the circumcision is the crux of these three verses. We are the circumcision, Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I'm the circumcision. You guys are the circumcision to the church at Philippi. Uh, What does he mean by we are the circumcision? Circumcision is, uh, we're not going to talk about uh, the medical procedure here this morning. It functions in the Bible as the covenant sign that God gave his people in the Old Testament. God told them, I'm going to be your God. He chooses Abraham, makes a relationship with him and says to Abraham, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my guy. And the sign of this relationship is all of your males in their flesh Are going to have the sign of circumcision. And this is going to be an eternal sign. Now, it's not long before this sign, circumcision, becomes less a sign of the covenant, less a sign that they've been people, that they are people who've been marked by God's grace, and more of a badge, an ethnic identifier that says, we're on the inside and the rest of you are on the outside. When Jesus comes and dies and rises from the dead and sends his Holy Spirit, and Gentiles start to come and start to believe in Jesus the Messiah too and make the king of the Jews their king, the question comes up, what are we going to do? going to have all these Gentiles? I mean, we've always... If a Gentile wants to become a part of God's people, all the males have to be circumcised. What are we going to do? This question arises because... Genesis 17, verse 13, says it is an eternal covenant. God said to Abraham, my covenant will be, your circumcision, my covenant will be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. The problem is, is now it's an ethnic badge. It's a badge of honor. It's a tool to keep the insiders in and the outsiders out. But once Jesus dies and rises from the dead, all the outsiders are coming in now. All the Gentiles are confessing faith in him. So what are they going to do? Paul and the rest of the apostles decide we are not going to insist. We are not going to insist that the Gentiles be circumcised. The problem, again, is that, are they allowed to do this? Circumcision is an eternal sign of an eternal covenant. Here's what Paul says in Colossians 2. Here's how he gets around this. Not gets around this, but explains it. Makes it real. Makes it spiritual. Makes it good for all of us. Colossians 2, verses 11 and 12, Paul says this. In Jesus also, he's talking to people in Colossae. This is in present-day Turkey, in Asia. In him, in Jesus also, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. You were circumcised, but not medically. It's a circumcision made without hands. Uh, by, by putting off of the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been Check this out. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were circumcised when you were baptized. Not biologically, but the sign of the covenant was given to you. This new sign of the covenant, which fulfills the sign of circumcision, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. (laughs) Baptism is the sign of the new covenant. Baptism is now your guys' uniform. It's now the thing that says, you are on the end. Baptism is better than circumcision. Anyway, one reason, of course, like we've been talking about, is that baptism is pan-ethnic. Baptism is not an ethnic badge. Baptism is for everybody. Baptism, in fact, is a rite. That in Jesus' day was a part of the ritual of Gentiles becoming Christians. All Gentiles had to get baptized, as well as all the males were circumcised to become Jews. They're using that, and they're saying... What was good for Gentiles is now good for all of us. Whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, if you have faith in Christ, if you've been baptized, you've received this circumcision made without hands. Also, it's good because it's not male specific. Under the old covenant, only males could receive the sign of the covenant, and then the females would get the benefits of the covenant by being connected to the males. But now, under the new covenant, like Paul says at the end of Galatians 3, For those of you who have been baptized in Christ Jesus, there is no male or female. There's no Jew or Greek. It's not an ethnic thing. There's no slave or free. But you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. This is what baptism does. And so Paul says to the church at Colossae, we are the real circumcision. However, the reason why he has to say this is because there are people in and around the church of Colossae, who are insisting that you guys are kind of like half-believers. Do you believe in Jesus? That's good. But you guys haven't been circumcised yet, so you're kind of on the outs a little bit until you take that final step in the sign-up process. Paul says about those people what he says in verse 2. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Why does he call them dogs? Dogs. Because in the ancient world, unlike in your world, where uh, Fluffy runs around the house and gets expensive food and petted, uh, dogs were scavengers. People did not keep dogs as pets, typically. They had been domesticated, but it wasn't a usual thing. Usually, usually dogs were homeless. Uh, they would fight for scraps. They would follow you around to see if you dropped anything. Uh, they would kill small animals. He's saying that these people are scavengers. Dogs, by the way, was a popular Jewish epithet for Gentiles. He's saying that these people who are insisting upon circumcision are the real outsiders. They're the real dogs. They're the real scavengers. He calls them evildoers too. That word evildoers is a popular word in the Psalms for non-believers, for Gentiles. Again, Paul reverses it and says this language which they're using about you, it's actually language that God means for them. They are the outsiders. They're the dogs. They're the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. The, the Greek word for circumcision is, I don't usually like to do this, but I'll do it because it's a pun and it's helpful to do this with uh, wordplay. The Greek word for circumcision is paratome. And it just literally means, you heard the word para in front of it like perimeter. It literally means to cut around. So you can see where it's going there with uh, circumcision. Paul uses the word Katatome. And it means cut to pieces, hack to pieces. They're saying that they believe in circumcision, but they're basically just mutilators of the flesh. That's all, they're in- that's all it gets you. What they want you to do is just going to cut you up. It's no benefit to you. It's just a mutilation of the flesh. Instead, you guys are not going to be marked by this. So, so what do they want? They say you have to have this badge. You have to have this sort of badge so that you're in the end group. The covenant sign is this, and you can't get in unless you have this. And Paul is saying, you don't need their badge. You're already in. In baptism, you've been circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. Instead, what you're going to be marked by is not some sort of like outside physical activity or symbol on your body, some sort of badge to get you in. Instead, you're going to be marked by these three things. Look at verse 3. I'm sorry, verse, uh, yeah, verse three. For we are the circumcision who, first thing, worship by the Spirit of God. Second thing, glory in Christ Jesus. And third thing, put no confidence in the flesh. So let's talk about the first thing. We as Christians, we as followers of Jesus are marked by the, we are those who worship by the Spirit of God. Now the word worship there is not like the specific, like corporate worship, like what we're doing right now. It's broader, it includes this. But it's almost like, it's, it's the sense in which all of your life is worship. Whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, Paul says in Corinthians. Do all of the glory of God. That's the word that worship is used here. This sense that everything that you do is to be done in the power of the Spirit of God. What does that mean? What does that mean that you live your life before God by the Spirit of God? You can do all this outwardly, right? You get up in the morning and you put your pants on. You can do that on your own if you want. You can show up at church on your own. You can read your Bible on your own. You can do all sorts of good deeds to help other people out on your own. You can do mercy ministries on your own. You can go to community group and you can do it on your own. But we, those who are connected to God by the power of the Spirit are those whose hearts are convinced that Jesus is risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit has convinced your heart That when he died, he died for your sins. This isn't something that you can do on your own. You can't by your own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord, or come to him. It's the Holy Spirit who calls you by the gospel and enlightens you with his gifts and sanctifies and keeps you in the true faith. Only the Holy Spirit can make this really worship and not just something that you do because you signed up for this once a week social club that you got to show up and pay your dues And check in and say hi to people. And if not, the pastor's going to come to your house and visit you and check on where you're at. This is, this is your connection to God, not just this service, but your whole life as a believer is connected to God by the Holy Spirit. That's what will mark you as different. You aren't, this isn't about a sign that you have in your flesh. This is not about a badge that you have. This is about what God has done to you by putting you into a relationship with himself by the Holy Spirit. Second thing. Done for the glory of Christ Jesus. The word, the ESV translates it glory. Actually, in Greek, it's literally the word boast or brag. Those who brag in Christ Jesus. What do you brag on? What do you want to talk to people about when you're having a conversation with them and you get an opening to talk about what you care about? What is it that you're posting on Facebook that you think, I want everybody else to see this so they kind of, so they got kind of get a glimpse of where my life is at. You know, best case scenario where my life is at. What is it that you're boasting about? Is it your kids or your grandkids? Is it, about you? is it about your hobbies? Is it about golf? Is it about your job, the things that you've accomplished? Is it about the house that you have or the way that your yard works or the dinner that you made for yourself? What are the things that you're like, I need people to know about this? For believers, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one that we boast about. Jesus is the one that we brag about when there's a quiet, empty spot in the conversation and we get a chance to stick our toe in, it's Jesus that we want to talk about. It's not Jesus that we're like, oh man, I better keep that quiet. I hope that doesn't come up today at work. No, no, it's Jesus that we are so proud of. It's Jesus that we glory in. This, of course, is a work of the Spirit, right? You can't be proud of some guy who got committed, some guy who was executed for a crime he didn't commit 2,000 years ago. You can't be proud of that unless the Holy Spirit is telling you, that's the most important thing in the universe. I'm not saying that you've got to post memes about Jesus on Facebook. I'm not saying that you have to interrupt every conversation at work and talk about Jesus. I'm not saying there's an appropriate time and place to do that. But I'm saying that your heart should bulge up and leap at the thought of Jesus. It should be the thing that, even if it's not an appropriate time to say it out loud at the moment, for instance, you're watching a movie and in the middle of a theater or dinner and somebody's talking to you about their son's baseball game, at least your heart should be thinking about it. That's where your heart should be. Not as a command. Paul's not saying this is a command. He's saying, this is you. This is your identifier. Not a physical badge. Not an activity. But your heart boasts about Jesus. And then the third thing flows right out of this. It puts no confidence in the flesh. Again, he's talking about circumcision, right? This is not something that you wear. It's not a badge. Look, look if, you, if you come to me and you say, Aaron, are you married? I wouldn't say, yes, I, I have my wedding certificate at home. Let me run and get it to you. and show No, I would actually just introduce you to Angela, right? Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, if you said, hey, uh, who are your kids? I wouldn't say, let me run home and get their birth certificates real quick, and I can give you, I got three of them, and you can just read them off of there. I would actually just introduce you to Harry, Kate, and Reed. I wouldn't say it's all of our relationships, my relationship with you guys as friends is not based on some sort of certificate or outward sign or some sort of, sort of badge or activity that I do to prove it's in this relationship. That's what verse three is about. You are not the people who are marked by yourself or anything about yourself or anything in yourself. You are marked by this cosmic, eternal, Most important relationship that you have with the Almighty God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. You don't need circumcision. Look, for all of your lives, you are going to have pressure from the culture and from your own hearts to exhibit your in status, to show that you're on the in, that you're inside the inner circle, that you belong, that you're connected that you're an insider. This could be a bad thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes it's that conversation at work about, hey, we need you to do this. And you know in your head, like, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to do that. It might be illegal. Maybe it's unethical. You raise the question and it's like, well, I mean, we all, what we've always done It's going to be okay. And you know at that moment that if you refuse to do it, you will be an outsider. Maybe you'll lose your job, but maybe just within the workroom you'll be that guy. And you know, it's a test. Am I going to exhibit the badge, this bad badge, to to demonstrate that I'm on the end? Maybe it's a conversation that you're having with somebody else, about somebody else, and the conversation is less than nice. And you know, I have a choice here. I can join in this gossip, and I can solidify this relationship with the person that I'm gossiping with. It will function this conversation will function as a badge to show you and I, we, we know how things are, not like that person over there. But if you refuse, you're going to be on the outside, that that badge won't exist, and that person will look at you as one of them. Maybe it's something good, though, confirmance. Maybe it's that piece of paper that you're holding this morning. Maybe that someday is going to be, you're going to think of that as your badge, You're in. But you don't need a badge. You don't need an in. You have been circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Jesus Christ loves you guys. Completely accepts for no other reason than he has made a covenant commitment with you in his own blood. He loves you guys. Jesus calls himself his, your God and he calls you his people. And now confirms in the rest of us. He is now, by the power of His Holy Spirit, through His Word, creating in us the kind of people who love Him in return. That's what makes us on the end. Amen.